You are now listening to the Paper Cuts Comic Podcast with Dean DeFalco, Dan Ryan, Evan Goldstein, and Matt Munch. For the comic podcast with the most personality this side of the galaxy, it'll always be Paper Cuts. Over to you, Dan. Thanks, announcer guy, and thank you for tuning in to the Paper Cuts Podcast, issue 78. I am your host, Dan Ryan, and joining me this week is Mr. Matthew Much. Oh, hello. And Mr. Dean DeFalco. Yeah, whatever. What? That was... Dismissive. That certainly was dismissive. Uh, Not joining us this week as uh, Mr. Evan Goldstein. He is uh, currently uh, tied up, from what I understand, and uh, just can't make it. So we will soldier uh, on. A lot of leather. (laughs) We will soldier on uh, without him, but... If this is your first time listening to the show, we are going to spoil the books that we uh, that we talk about here. So if you haven't read this week's books, uh, please do so now and then come back and, you know, listen to us when you're done. Also, we're going to curse. So earmuffs for the little ones. Gentlemen, it was a lovely week of comics. At least I felt it was a lovely week of comics. And we're going to start this week with Poe Dameron number one, uh, book one, part one, Black Squadron, uh, written by Charles Soule with art by the ever- Welcome. I love when I see Phil Noto's artwork. It makes me really happy. It's pretty good. He's, good. he's really good. It's uh it's the next newest uh in Marvel's line of Star Wars comics and this tale tells the uh the tale of Mr. Poe Dameron, one of the arguably breakout stars from The Force Awakens. Now, if we're being honest and we're all friends here so I see no reason not to be, the the starfighter piloting, you know, stuff in Star Wars has always been my least favorite. How do you guys feel? Really? I, I love the pilots. I think they're cool. I mean, they're more just cannon fodder, to be honest, in the original trilogy, but I feel they're kind of getting due, gil- due diligence here uh, because in the newest in, uh, uh, installation, Force Awakens, they seem to have mm-hmm. a little bit more going on. There's more t- to them. Hmm. Uh. I mean that's that's just my perspective, and I I I like that this book is about a new character, uh, in this new universe rather than hearing about Darth Vader again or seeing <laughs> Leia or Luke. Yeah. Or, I yeah. I I can only take so much because they've been doing it for close to fifty years now, so I get a little tired. Yeah. That's a, that's a fair point, uh, Matt. What is uh what's your opinion on the intergalactic air force? Just as a as a as a whole. Yeah, like because uh, they're like Star Wars fans. There, there does tend to be um, camps within the fandom of people who are much more into the mythology of it versus people who are into the 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 space fighting st- stuff. You know. Well, Dan, I just they used it. to be cannon fodder, but then they got rid of the EU. Mm. Fair enough. Fair he didn't enough. get it. I got it. Oh, he I chuckled. Got it. Mm, funny joke. <laughs> <laughs> so I okay, well, raucous laughter. No, it's good. I read a couple of the books. I played the old games. Mm-hmm. Um, they're good. I mean, I wasn't especially wedded to them, but uh, I yeah, like them. Yeah, see that that's kind of where I'm coming from. Like my my experience with this, or my my love of this has always been about lightsaber fights and the mythology behind it. And I could really give or take the... Yeah, that's, uh, that's the meat of things. Yeah, it's just, you know, the, the Starfighter stuff has never been anything I really cared about. But this book, I really liked it. It was really solid, and I was I was really into it. So uh, basically what we have here is uh, Poe Dameron is given a mission by General Leia. <laughs> And he he has to go find this explorer, this wanderer who knows where Luke Skywalker is, or at least Leia thinks he might know where General Skywalker is. And what's good about that is that the First Order, the bad guys of the Star Wars universe now, do not have any idea that this guy is still alive. They're so... Basically, she she has this really long conversation with Poe Dameron, um, telling him that basically, you know, the First Order, while they may not be the Empire yet, they are certainly on their way. And they've always managed to be, like, 
half a step behind the rebels, right? So now that they know this guy, his name is Lorsan Tekka, uh, now that Lorsan Tekka, they know he is alive, that is a full couple of steps ahead of the First Order. They really need to go find this guy. Poe Dameron is then given an opportunity to assemble a team of people. So we get uh, Snap Wexley, who uh, was on the Battle of Jakku, uh, Luo, who was on the, uh, oh, what did they say? Fucking what did Endor, say? bro. Endor? Yeah. One of the guys from Endor. And then two new characters, Kare Kun and Jess Pava. And then uh, you your just another, a, another weird alien dude, Adi Muva. And, uh, you know, they're now the Black Squadron. So, you know, you had Gold Leader and Red Leader in the original trilogy. And now we have Black Leader, who is Poe Dameron. Uh, they go out on this mission. Uh, there's a tricky cave to fly through. Poe Dameron finds this weird egg thing. Uh, there are some some people that look like rejects from Avatar, like they just couldn't draw the arrow straight, and they were like, ah, fuck it, we'll just do circles then. Um, <laughs> just a bunch of weird aliens with some blue shit on their foreheads, basically, is what I'm getting at. They have another long conversation. This book is very wordy. There's a lot of words yeah. here. Like, I don't I, know, which like, is fine. I kind of flew through it. I, maybe it was I mean, because the, the content too, was but, interesting. Yeah, like it, it's, it wasn't a bad wordy, but it's pretty wordy. So they have another whole conversation about this egg and how everything is going to be fine once this egg hatches and they're the keepers of the egg and it might not be them. It might be their descendants that hatch the egg. But once this egg hatches, shit will be good pretty much. And uh, in the middle of this conversation, uh, they Poe Dameron pulls out this thing that BB-8 gives him because, of course, BB-8's got to be there. He's the, the biggest star in the Star Wars universe. I've... I've heard rumors that his ego is just getting fucking out of control. Nobody will work with him. But he pulls out this tracker, and uh, they think it's a detonator. They shoot at him. They fight. Classic misunderstanding in a, in a first issue of a book. And uh, it turns out it is, in fact, a tracker. The First Order is on their way, and they're not even just on their way. They're already here. Dun, dun, dun. Don't you want to find out what happens next? I know I do. <laughs> I did too, man. Like, I, I know that wasn't the most enthusiastic sounding review of it because. And a lot for, to get through. Yeah, for 30 pages, like, there's a lot to get through, but not a lot happened. Um, like, yeah, pretty that's pretty went, accurate. Like, we went from point A to point B, had a misunderstanding, and now the first order's here. Like, that's it, pretty much the crux of this book. But it was good. It, but it was good. Like, the dialogue was good. The characters all sounded different. Phil Noto's artwork is, is always gorgeous. The ships looked really cool. The characters looked really cool. Um, even the backgrounds looked cool. You it's know, like which is looking not... straight into Oscar Isaac's beautiful, beautiful face. Uh, certainly. I mean, I was smitten, certainly. Um, but even the backgrounds, which I've noticed in some of the Star Wars books or so, uh, space books in general, people get a little bit lazy because they're like, ah, fuck it, it's an alien planet that's just a bunch of hills. You know, <laughs> like, they don't really put a lot of effort into it. Uh, this, one, this one looked really, really good. So, I mean, I'm in. Dean, what did you think? I liked it a lot. It was a great book. It was super solid. I, I actually, he said, like, three sentences, and I was like, yeah, man, I'm fucking in it. He, he said, you were my friends, you were my teammates, and I am honored. And I'm like, that's that's spoken like a true leader, man. Now I know yeah. why you're kicking so much ass in the movies. So I don't know. I, I like it. I think they got the character down well because he's um he's a little full of himself, but he's also got that side where he puts um his own needs aside for the betterment of the 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 rebels. Yeah, he's uh he's a Han Solo two point yeah, yeah, he's pretty close to that, except Han Solo was kind of an asshole. And him not, yeah. eh, not so much. Yeah. Yeah, I, uh, I dug it. The, uh, the, the teaser that's in the back for the next issue has, uh, has some badass-looking dude on it with some, uh, some First Order troopers there as well. So, like, I'm pretty stoked for this, man. Like, I, these Star, War, Star Wars books that Marvel has been putting out have been fucking excellent. I mean, I, has there been a bad one? The Leia one I thought was kind of shaky, but I wouldn't go so far as to say any of them have been bad. No, yeah, I don't think any of them have been bad. I think they've all been okay. So, uh, you know, I'm stoked for it. It's a buy for me, Matt. Oh, yeah. 
Oh, yeah. But Dean. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh. There's a caveat. A but. No, I was just wondering something. The guy they're talking about, mm-hmm. he's the guy he met in the beginning of episode seven, right? So they're leading up to that point? That was my thought, yeah. I mean, that, that seemed to be... Because that's what he comes back with in episode seven is the missing piece of the map to find Luke. That's right. Yeah, I, b- I believe that's that's what happened. So it's leading up to this. So we're just finding out like his his story, his journey to get to that that what that mission was that brings us to the start of uh, of the Force Awakens. Yeah, right on. So Dean. Oh yeah, that's that's a definite buy, man. No doubt. A definite. All right. So three solid picks. Pick it ups. I think is uh that's not good. Yeah. Oh, we're we're picking that. it all the way up. <laughs> All right, uh, we're going to jump right over to uh, the Mighty Zodiac number one, which was uh, which was I fought for this one last week. It's a new book from Oni Press, uh, written by Jay Torres, illustrated by Corin Howell. Um, I wanted to read it because it re- reminded me of like Usagi Yojimbo, which I fucking love that book dearly. I don't give a shit about the signs of the Zodiac all that much, but. It's cool. There's some interesting stuff that could be told there. And this basically stop me if you guys uh if you guys felt differently, but this basically felt like uh like Dragon Ball Z with animals. I'd say more original Dragon Ball, not Dragon Ball Z. Because okay, this that's this fair. was more an adventure. Like Dragon Ball Z was all about the fighting and kicking the shit out of each other and stuff. There wasn't much adventure going on. Dragon Ball was it was more about like the traveling and the journey and the fun and stuff, and it was more lighthearted than Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z is like fucking murder and all kinds of crazy shit and aliens, and they all want to fight Goku, and Goku's like, "I got long hair, I'm gonna kill all you bitches now." <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think this was a bit more lighthearted, so I'd say more Dragon Ball. Definitely, um, I, I it could make for an interesting book. I I thought it it went too quick though. <laughs> like I got to the end, I was like, "Fuck!" It was fast. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that was more the pacing though because it's a normal sized book, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, so I, it was it was just the pacing. I I wanted more out of it, but um, I I'd, I'd read another one. So basically, what we have here is uh, the setup of the book is that there was the great blue dragon in the sky. It was a constellation, and the when the blue dragon died, this this is how the book starts. The <laughs> Dragon balls, the dragon stars, stars. Uh, fell out of the sky. So there are six of these uh, stars that have fallen. And I mean, like third panel into the book, there's like a chicken little reference with the fucking chicken running, yelling, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. That's cute. It's adorable. Um, and then we cut to uh, some bunnies, some bunny rabbits uh, jumping out of the moon in this big, like, shadow bunny thing, and then they start to break apart, and there's, like, a thousand fucking bunny warriors, which sounds stupid, but was bad. They look pretty fierce. They look fucking awesome. Yeah, I, you know, when I saw that, and they're coming out of the moon, I was like, oh, come on, really? What the fuck is this? And then I turned the page, I was like, all right, okay, okay. I'll go. Keep going. So those bunny warriors, uh, we cut over to uh, Master Long. He is the he seems to be the guy in charge of all the zodiac animals. He's a big, big old fucking snake, and he's he's dying. It seems to be. Um, and before he dies, he wants to make things right. So he sends out a message to the others. The others being the other animals of the zodiac. So you have the rat and the monkey and the fucking the ox and and all that shit. Um. They find uh, the he sends out like the he sends out paper lanterns. So a very traditional ancient, you know, sort of messaging mythical system uh, sends out these paper lanterns. uh, And the first one we see is uh, the cock gets one or the rooster, if you will. Um, I just wanted an excuse to say cock and not have to bleep it, you know. Do we? The rooster finds anything. You say cock all day long. All day. This it's the time, strangest job I've ever heard. <laughs> for the for the clean version of the show, which we put out, obviously, um, you wouldn't have to bleep cock this time because I'm talking about a rooster. So 
The rooster finds the uh, finds the first one. He is a uh, ten of the mighty zodiac, and there's a bunch of uh, there's a bunch of goat children running around, and he keeps calling them kid. Uh, and they say they're kids because you know <laughs> <laughs> the name for a young goat is a kid. Get it? Love it. I know I sound like yeah. I don't, I don't care either I, way. I fucking love this book. <laughs> um, so there's a lot of mystical, magical shit going on. Uh, the rest of some more of the zodiac animals show up there's a fucking horse and a fox and um we see uh we see a couple animals of the zodiac uh getting into a fight the rat obviously is fighting the tiger the the rat has the tiger tied up and uh says that soon enough they are going to be ronin they are going to be masterless warriors and the smartest ones will know who to actually serve next yeah so uh, the the rat it seems like, rat. well, yeah, he was on their side. Now he's kind of fucking everyone over. He was he was homeboys with the tiger, and now the tiger's kind of mad at him. I'd be too yeah. if I got tied up and then bounced. Yeah, you know, not cool. But uh, basically, the rest of the book is just little snippets of all the different animals of the Zodiac kind of dealing with the revelation that they're going to have to band together to go on this journey to get the... Uh, to get the dragon stars, uh, for lack of a better term, they really didn't give us much more than that. And uh, I, that's that's pretty much where we get to. Uh, they find one of the stars. The uh, the rooster finds it. The bunnies show up. There's a big fucking fight that looks super cool. Like, the artwork is cartoony, but still looked pretty badass. I dug it. Um, there's a big fight. The rooster uses the star, turns them all from anthropomorphic rabbits anthropomorphic rabbit warriors back into little bunnies um except for one who shows up and he is like the badass one he is uh he is rabbit number one of the uh moon rabbit army because that's a thing that happens in this book there's a big fight he ends up throwing the star into into this like ocean or lake or river whatever it is and the star goes out before they can get to it and the fox brings it back up, and it is just, it, it looks like a sea star. And the book ends. And I was like, well, fuck, man. Like, I'm in. I want to know. What the hell's going to happen? This is, I loved it. I loved every second of it. What did you guys think? I thought it was good. Uh, I, was, I was surprised because it started off a little weak. Again, with the bunnies and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, the only real reservation I have is the name with the bunnies, like Moon Moon the Rabbit. Moon Rabbit Army? Yeah, like, eh, you could, well. like you, the Lunar Rabbit Army, was that taken? <laughs> Just, yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I other, than, under the, other than the Lunar Rabbit Army, what else would you call them? I don't, I don't fucking know. I just, I thought it would have been a little bit more, like ancient sounding. Moon Rabbit Army sounds just, it, it sounds like we just went to the the moon and we found rabbits there and they want to take over the world and the U.S. is like, people of the United States have very dire news. The Moon Rabbit Army is approaching and we can Shit. do nothing to stop them. That's that's what We're it sounds like. It doesn't sound very ancient or dire or anything. It just. It, Eh, I don't know. Um, but that's, like, like I said, besides that, book is great. That's a very good. Uh, that's a very good point, Matt. What did you think? I have something to tell you. Okay. I just kind of glazed over in the first couple pages. <laughs> didn't read it really. It didn't hook you. Didn't I'm grab sorry. you. Sorry. No, that's okay. Now I will tell you that your retelling was very compelling, hmm. and I might just go back. But my initial impression, which I'm not proud of, was just to kind of <laughs> tune out and then move on. It did start kind of weak. The first couple of pages, like other than the Chicken Little reference, it it takes a couple of pages to get uh to get going. Well, I don't particularly do well with anthropomorphic animals, so that mm. was part of it. Okay. Well, yeah, this is this is not the fucking book for you, then. <laughs> I mean, you know, not for nothing. Um, no, I, I, I mean, give it a shot. Read through it. I think, uh, I think if people see this on the stands, 
like the cover looks really cool. You've got like the cat lady and the big fucking snake who is going to be a dragon at some point, right? Like that's where this has to go. I'm, he has to replace the dragon in the sky. Well, this isn't, isn't that... limited issue, right? This is just gonna go. I, yeah, I mean, okay, I'm I mean, sure. I, I'm sure there is a relative endpoint yeah. soon. All right, I mean, I, I'd like isn't... to see a heel turn, and the snake's just an asshole. <laughs> The snake pulls a big show and turns heel face and then heel again all in the course of, like, one issue. Oh, that'd be great. I'd love it. I fucking love it. In fact, just make Big Show the dragon. There you go. <laughs> he, he'd he do that. anything right now for a few bucks. He loves money. He, he really would. But, um, but yeah, so, the, I mean, the cover's got the, the cat, the snake, and the fox on it, and it looks super cool. If you are predisposed to that sort of thing, if you're like Matt, you would see that, and I would imagine go, no, not for me. But give it a shot, man. Like it's it's worth your it's it's worth a couple bucks. I feel Oni does. What I like about Oni is that they seem to take some risks every now and again, and uh, every now and again they turn out Kaiju Max. And yeah, li- you know, listen, they're they're Oni. They give no fucks. If it doesn't no, they work, really they really don't have anything to lose. Well, I, you know, like I said, they every now and again you get Kaiju Max or you get Scott Pilgrim. Yeah, you, you know, know, I I feel like they're sort of gaining enough seriousness where they can be taken on a level where you know they they are picking up more quality books. I mean, Kaiju Max and now this that's in the span of less than a year. So I mean, I I think the quality is picking up while it's slow. They're having better books in their line. Yeah, I dig it. And and Oni has had some really good shit in the past. They had a uh, Greg Rucka's Whiteout was through Oni, and that is. Uh, it's just phenomenal, you know. Like it's it's one of the best. So, you know, Oni puts out, they put out good shit. Yeah, you hear that, IDW? We don't need your ass. Fuck you, Image. <laughs> we got Oni. <laughs> we got Oni, son. So, all right. So from Matt, that sounds like a like a no. I no, mean, it's if, a revisit. It sounds a like revisit. he's terrified of furries. So you can't you can't <laughs> like he he's he's biased. So we'll we'll go with he's he's gonna pass his judgment on to us. Just abject fear. Abject fear of furries. Well, if you're a furry, <laughs> this is fucking the book for you. I mean, and I embrace it. Fucking do it. Do you. Like, no judgment here. This is your they're, book. Do they're you? not going to do you. They're going to do other people in well, animal costumes. Yes, that's that. That's a fair point. Yes. Um, I don't dress up, so <laughs> sorry. Not, not, neither do I. Um, but... This book is a definite yes. It's it's a great book. It's really awesome. It's got those those that that like hint of kung fu that you want. Like it's it's got a little bit of everything. Yeah. It's it's a good book. Yeah, I love it. I can't wait to see where this goes. I'm in, I'm in it for the long haul. Um, let's get Jay Torres or Corin Howell on the show. Didn't let's we say that Matt, about a happen. fucking Xander Cannon? Yeah, and then we never followed up because we're terrible people and we're busy you with know, other shit. I'm, I'm gonna get him. We're getting him on the show now. All right, he's coming. Yeah, him. All right, so uh, <laughs> let's uh, let's move on to uh, Old Man Logan number four. Which, uh, holy shit, does this book take a fucking turn from where it was going in this issue? Um, so issues one, two, and three so far of Old Man Logan has been Old Man Logan on the fucking warpath to to prevent what happens in that storyline from happening to prevent Banner from becoming just a giant raging fuckhead that destroys everything and has inbred children that kill all the heroes and turn the world into a wasteland. So we had, we had an issue where the, the debut issue of Logan hunting down like a low-level dude, and then we had issue two had the totally awesome Hulk in it, um, who is still totally not fucking awesome. And then issue three was uh, Hawkeye. Didn't they change the name of the... Oh, no, there was a book that came out where it's just Amadeus Cho now, which I, I didn't need in my life. Was that new? No, I don't... Really... The old Amadeus Cho book was pretty good. The Greg Pak written one? No, there was something that came out uh, today. It was seven ninety nine. Mm. I didn't pick it up because mm. it said Amadeus Cho on it. But... <laughs> it was eight bucks. Yeah. Also, yeah, it was $8. But, uh, yeah, uh, where, where are we going with this? I'm sorry. Well, yeah, so issue three was, uh, was Hawkeye, and now issue four we get uh, to Captain America. But not, we're not at the point yet where uh, 
Steve Rogers is back being young. That doesn't happen for a little bit still. Uh, I think next month is when we get that Captain America book where he's back to being a young guy. Like it's coming out the same day as the DC Rebirth stuff, um, which I believe is next month, maybe a month after. Oh God, I am not looking forward I, to that. That's just fucking homework for us. Y- yes, it is. We'll, <laughs> we'll we'll talk. We'll divide. Um, so again, written by uh, Jeff Lemire with uh, art by. Andrea Sorrentino, and uh, I mean, the, the confrontation, right? When I was a kid, I had this poster in my bedroom of Captain America and Wolverine fighting. And it was like in the late 80s, early 90s, one, <clears throat> one of the most iconic images because Cap has got a shield in front of him and Wolverine slashing the fucking claws on it. It was like, it was a... Uh, the cover to like Wolverine an annual or maybe like Wolverine 50 or something like that. Like it was a big deal, big famous piece of art, but these were, that was those characters in their prime. This book has old man, Logan and old ass Steve Rogers in it. And what I thought was really awesome about it was just the start of it of Captain America talking to Wolverine and Wolverine looking at him and being like, uh, so you got old that's not something that should happen. And Cap's response is basically, look who the fuck is talking, asshole. Um, you know, but without the curse words, because he's a Boy Scout. Well, I mean, they, they don't trust each other because Wolverine thinks this is all just some elaborate trick. And Rogers knows that his Wolverine died. So, right. like, they're, <laughs> they're a little there. leery. <laughs> We're getting there. So, yeah, they're talking, they're, they're trying to figure it out. Wolverine obviously is, you know, like, like you said, Dean, not trustworthy. We get the uh, Snicket, and a uh, fight breaks out, and Hawkeye shoots him in the face with a tranquilizer arrow, which she later goes on to say had enough uh, trank in it to put down the rhino. So, obviously it puts Wolverine out. He has a little bit of a nightmare of uh, his daughter waking him up. He rolls over, and half of her fucking face is gone. And uh, he's like, oh, you're alive? You're okay? Uh, and she says, no, of course not, Daddy. You let me die. Because fucking ouch, man. Like, that's just... The hurt? Oh, Jesus. Like, as a father with daughters? Ugh. Like, that's just right in the goddamn feels. Anyway, so Wolverine wakes up. They are in, uh, they're in Alberta, where, uh, where they believe is sort of near where Logan's home would have been. And Cap pretty much says, you know, there's a thing here in the cabin that I brought you to see. You need to see this thing. Uh, Forge built this cabin for you. Give me your word that you're not going to be a dick, and I'll, I'll take the handcuffs off you so that you can come and see this thing. Takes the handcuffs off, and obviously Wolverine uh, fucking loses his shit, as you can imagine. He believes it's all Mysterio, which I just thought was funny because Mysterio has never been relevant. Like, he was relevant... Every now and again in Spider-Man, most of the time it was a joke. He was then relevant he killed... for yeah, he was relevant for those four pages where he tricked Wolverine into fucking murdering everything. Well, I yeah, I mean there was that, but I mean that, that we're talking about a different thing. Um, he was relevant in Kevin Smith's uh, Daredevil run because he fucking is the main bad guy in that run, um, isn't he? Right, I'm right about that. God. Which one? Sure. Oh, God, Kevin Smith's. Uh, Kevin Smith and Joe Casada, their Daredevil. That seems like something Kevin that, Smith would do. Just take really yeah, like he kills Karen D-listers. Page or some yeah. shit. Like yeah, it's been such a long time since I've read it. Um, but uh, anyway, so they fight. There's and a lot of really nice like double page action shots of Wolverine, Hawkeye, and Captain America fighting. Uh, they get sort of close to recreating that image a little bit. Um, it's pretty cool in the the two pages. The uh, the first page is. There's the shape of a, a star for Captain America on it, and on the second page, there's a maple leaf because Canada, um, which I I love it. But they go into the cabin, and Captain America takes him down, and he shows him fucking dead Wolverine, like skeleton or body, not skeleton, but his whole body covered in adamantium, and he says, you know, you're dead. So whatever you're trying to prevent isn't going to happen. This isn't that world. You are in a different place. So now we need to figure out what the fuck is going on. And the, the mind fuck that that is. 
I cannot imagine. He he took it pretty hard. I mean, the little monologue that happened after that kind of showed that he didn't have anything left. Yeah, I mean, he just he basically gives up. He says, you know, Wolverine's dead. Let me let me be dead. And he goes he goes on a, a walk in the woods and does some drinking and some hitchhiking and you know, he's he's just kind of walking around trying to find himself and a sentinel finds him. And the sentinel pops out and Wolverine fucking attacks it and the sentinel says, No, please don't hurt me. Um, which as you can imagine, this Logan would be very shocked by. And uh up shows Iceman and Storm. And we get this nice little moment of Wolverine saying, you know, when you're when you're fighting to change the past or fighting to change the future, you sort of forget that you're living right now and today is a damn good day to be alive. It was a very poignant ending. I, I liked it a lot. But damn, did that come off the rails of where I thought this book was going? Oh, yeah. No, I thought he was just going to murder everything and prevent <laughs> yeah. whatever he thought was going to happen. And no, now they're talking about life changes. But it's six issues. What are they going to do in the next two issues to wrap this up now? Especially because, like, oh, I'm going to restart my life. Everything's okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know, man. I still, god damn it, do I love this book. I mean, the art is still absolutely incredible. The writing is incredible. The story completely caught me by surprise like i was totally blown away by it um god damn it if you're not reading old man logan you just don't like good comic books is pretty much what it comes down to oh yeah no this is a solid book man there there's something wrong with you if you don't like this matt what was uh what was your thought on it oh it's it's really good it continues to be really good uh you're right it's complete turn I don't know, 180. Heel turn. Heel turn. Mm-hmm. Heel turn. Uh, which was unexpected. Well, no, it was unexpected, but I could see it because the old man Logan that's in the current X-Men books right. is basically just, you know, almost cuddly Logan mm-hmm. compared to old man Logan. Except right, it is not, old man Logan. Not so, a giant murderer. I was wondering if they were going to circle around to that and I didn't know this was a limited series. Right. Yeah, um, it's six issues, right? That's what you said, Dean? I believe it's six, yes. It's six or eight. So, yeah, I guess they had to get there? I don't know. I think so. I'm just, oh, man, I'm just going to be sad to see it go. Yeah, that's too bad. Y- like, you know, I, uh, I, I think it's better to let it go than... Really? Y- yeah. I, well, I mean, like, to let it end, rather. Because you don't want something like this... Look, I, the first one, they knew when it was a good thing, and they knew to end it when it was still a good thing. The last thing you want to see is to see a good story go down the shitter because they dragged it out too long. Mm, yeah, that's, that's a good point. I, I am excited and hopeful that Lemire and Sor- Sorrentino will stay together, continue working on something. Like, I don't know. Oh, man. Like, I, I wish Evan were on the show right now, but, dude, if I could get a Moon Knight book from these two, come on. Hasn't Lemire done a Moon Knight? Uh, Jeff Lemire's done a lot of shit. I don't know. <laughs> he probably did at one point. I don't know. I, don't know. I hope he didn't draw Dean, it, though. Research. He, he has a really specific <laughs> drawing style, and that'd be fucking weird. Yeah, it wouldn't look like the Sweet Tooth artwork with uh, Moon Knight wouldn't, oh, wouldn't be great. But, but I don't... If Lemire did Moon Knight, it wasn't with Sorrentino, hey, hang I don't on. think. You, you guys talk amongst yourselves. I'll take a look. I mean, all, all right, right the- so... Matt, give me, just off the top of your head, you love this book, you love this team together, who do you want to see them work on? Well, I, I, don't, I don't know. I wanted them to see them work on this, but that's not... <laughs> I want more of this. Yeah, I didn't even realize. One thing, though, the issue where Cap becomes young again has happened. Mm. It was uh, Captain America Sam Wilson 7. Oh, okay, right, yeah, that, like, it took place there, but I, I, was, I was talking about, like, the, the Captain America, the book that's coming out. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, that, yeah. that's not yet. Um, I mean, I, I know it's the same day as Rebirth. Dan, can you remember. tell the future? Can I? Why? Mm-hmm. Um, 
this was in September 28th, 2015. Marvel Comics has released a look at artist Greg Smallwood's interiors for Moon Knight Number 1, the character's all-new series debuting in the spring. Writer Jeff Lemire joined Smallwood on the what? series, which finds oh, shit. Mark Spector, a.k.a. Moon Knight, in a mental institution. Oh, wow. Maybe, was... I, maybe I'm just remembering something that? that I read. <laughs> just bringing it back up like I'm fucking smart. Well, that's great news. Well, that's awesome. I'm excited about that. I wish it was Sorrentino, but... This will be good. But, I mean, Lemire on Moon Knight is... Uh, the fuck, dude, put them on Sleepwalker. God damn it, somebody give me a new Sleepwalker book. You know, I I forget what the fuck I was watching, but someone was talking about Sleepwalker, and I was like, hey, Dad! <laughs> it's, I... Man, I don't know why I love that. I do know why I love that character so much, because he's fucking dope, but... Anyway, so... All three of us buy this. Oh, totally. Without question. Okay. Last book of the week. Uh, debut issue uh, for for Black Panther number one. Uh, written by... Uh, God, I'm going to fucking butcher this. Uh, Tanahisi Coates. Yeah, you're I, not going to hear any that, like disagreement okay. from me. I think that's it. Okay, so Tanahisi Coates and uh, Brian Stelfreeze. Uh, colors by Laura Martin. And uh, this book has been getting, I mean, this book is hyped to the fucking rafters, man. Like, they are pushing this book huge. And what I liked about it, and this may just be, this may just be a me thing, but I have not read a ton of Black Panther books in the past. I have read them, um, but I am not as well-versed in, uh, in the Black Panther canon as, uh, as perhaps I should be. Yeah, I haven't either. I don't. I don't remember any Black Panther book showing any parts of Wakanda that were not just like the fucking jungle. Yeah, this is weird. Like there, there was future, and I, I didn't know what the hell to think. I've never but read Wakanda a Black Panther was a, book. Was like a city. I, yeah, that's how Wakanda's been for a while. I don't know. I've never read a Black Has Panther it? Okay. book. Okay, so this, Wakanda's this is the weird. most. Sorry. Wakanda is supposed to be like one of the most technologically advanced cities on the planet because they're sitting right on top of like all the vibranium. All the vibranium. Yeah, like all of it in the world exists in Wakanda. But from, I mean, from what I remember of what I've read previously, Black Panther's stories have always taken place like in New York or as part of the Avengers, and they haven't spent a ton of time in Wakanda that was not like out in the fucking jungles and shit. Yeah, I don't know how long it's been that he's I, been exiled. Yeah. I don't know how it's been a little while. Well, and like that's the thing. I always liked the character, but none of his solo books ever really hooked me. Um, there was the one uh, probably like 10, 12 years ago now that was done by Priest, was it? Christopher Priest? Your, your guess right? is as good as mine. Yeah, I okay. don't know. I think that's who it was. Like That one was pretty good. Um, but not, it was part of the Marvel Knights line. It wasn't, it wasn't the best thing I've ever read, but like Marvel Knights was, everything was selling that they did back then. So that one sold too. Um, but this, this one starts off with T'Challa coming back to Wakanda. He's been exiled for a while and his people have, uh, have sort of with a little bit of pushing from an outside influence have sort of started to turn against him. And the writing dealing with that, I felt, was really, really strong. Um, it was a bit heavy-handed and a bit dramatic at times, but... Uh, yeah, a little bit. But I liked it. Like, it felt... The writing, for the first time, I think, that I've ever read a Black Panther story, the writing felt like it was talking about a king of a nation and not a superhero. Does that make sense? Uh, yeah, it does. I just, uh, I don't know. I, I don't think Black Panther's my thing because I haven't read any of the other stuff. So a lot of, mm -hmm. like, his, their, well, their politics and stuff, I'm like, I don't, well, who are you? Like, the, none of these people have any yeah. relevance to me. And it, it jumps into a nation who's obviously been through a lot of shit that I don't understand. So the book doesn't sit well with me, but, I mean, as far as being a Marvel fan and maybe a Black Panther fan, I think it's a good book. Yeah, there there was you're you're right. There is a lot of politics in this book and yeah, there, there was. is a amazing amount of setup in this book. 
a lot. Uh, yeah, I mean, Very, it's all set up. Cause, I can't uh, wait to see if anything actually happens because it was entirely set up. <laughs> I mean, it, it really was like we get a little bit of Black Panther fighting and like the suit is super cool. You know, it's technologically advanced and the mask like grows over T'Challa's face and, you know, there's there's fighting and he's tracking this person through the crowd and he's calling this person the deceiver. And as he's tracking the deceiver, um, he he's trying to find the one that is basically, you know, to his mind, poisoning his people against him. And he's got his advisor there that's saying, like, all right, dude, like, slow your roll. Like, don't massacre everybody because they're not going to like that shit. Like, they're already kind of iffy on you. And if you kill everyone, well, that's a little Donald Trumpy. I, I don't, don't, I don't like see the that, problem. So. I mean, who, who doesn't like <laughs> Donald Trump? Donald Trump in a superhero suit? Dude, best thing ever. <laughs> it would be huge. Um, I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Did you? That's what? I believe his superhero name would be the Tangerine. It would be the Taint. <laughs> He's our, He would be the Taint. You're right, Dean. God damn it. The Tangerine Taint. Make it happen. Um. So, yeah, I mean, just all set up. I mean, we get a story of, like, uh, like a prison guard kind of person. Um, T'Challa's mother sentences her to death because she killed a dude, um, even though that's what like fathers and brothers would have done to this guy because this guy was like lecherous. He was a pervert. He was showing himself off to women and shit. Um, and this uh, Anika who's, uh, you know, goes to speak to this guy and basically tells him to knock it the fuck off. And when he doesn't respond, she murders him. Um, and she says, this is what, you know, Wakandan fathers and brothers would have done. It is what they have always done. But because she is a woman, um, she's now been branded or labeled a murderer and she must now be put to death. And T'Challa's mother puts her, you know, upholds the sentence. This, this woman is here pleading for her life. And uh, she says, no, I have to do it. I have to keep, you know, I have to, I have to uphold the law even when other people are not going to do it. Somebody's got to fucking do the right thing here. Um, whether or not it's the right thing, I, I suppose, is entirely a point of view. But then there's a, a lot more setup. T'Challa comes back, talks to talks to his mother about what's going on, tries to tries to figure out who this deceiver is. Like he has a picture of her, he's looking at her, um, says he's gonna murder her, and she's like, "Really, dude? Like, th- there's just nothing but death going on, and your solution to that is more death." I th- I mean, that's always like, the answer. It's like curing fatness with more cake. Like it just come on. Oh, does no. that work? No, unfortunately, oh, I've tried. I've tried to eat it. my way through to the other side. It doesn't it doesn't work. I was hopeful for just a second. I know, you know. I'm like, oh fuck that pound cake. That's nutritious. I'll eat that. Like that'll get me through. Uh, and no, 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 it doesn't. So there's a lot going on in this book. There are a lot of balls in the air, as it were. Um. Then we we cut over to the woman who is the deceiver, who is uh, who is turning the people against him. Um, her name is Zenzi, and uh, she's got this little person, uh, not a little little person, that, that was offensive. She's got this dude talking to her, kind of like her advisor, and she has a whole group of like soldiers at her beck and call. And I was like, oh shit, like, all right, that's the end of the book, that's pretty cool. And then no, there's like eight more pages that came after that. Um, the lady who is going to be put to death is broken out, uh, by her, her lover, um, her, her female lover. And, uh, they don't even make it like a thing, which is awesome. I love that we are in a place now where it's not like, oh shit, there's a new story because there's lesbians in the new fucking Black Panther book. Like it was just, just is what it is. She steals this really cool looking, uh, prototype armor that looks almost like, the uh, old Spider-Man character Stingray. Are you guys familiar with that? I'm no, familiar no. with the Corvette. With the it's sort of like the Corvette. Um, but these two ladies, uh, they they're talking about you know, pretty much our king has fallen. I don't know what we're gonna do. Does he even care? Does it matter if he cares? What are we gonna do together? Um, and then uh, the one tells the other one that she stole both prototypes of the Midnight Angel. That's what this suit is called. And it looks pretty badass. And they're going to go fight 
T'Challa goes down to Necropolis, the burial site of all the previous Black Panthers. There's some shots interspersed of the city, like news, what's going on of T'Challa and all the people fighting. Um, he sees his, uh, his sister there. Um, and that's kind of where it ends. Like he's in a very bat cave kind of moment. And that's where the book ends. And I really liked it. Like I'm excited. I really liked the politics of it. I liked the artwork. It was, it was nothing super special, but it was solid storytelling. Um, everything looked good. Everybody looked different. Uh, but I would totally understand if people did not like this book at all. This, I think, is going to be a very divisive book. I think it could have been way worse. I just don't think it was, you know, my cup of tea is all. Yeah, I, I don't right. get into political motivated things. Yeah, like, if you don't like politics, like, if you're not a big fan of House of Cards and that sort of shit, like, uh, no, you should skip this book. Plus, I'm a little contrarian. Just everybody saying how important this book was mm -hmm. was kind of a turnoff. Mm. Wait, why was it important though? Like, I, I look, I again, I'm not saying it isn't. It's just, it's, it's not my thing. The black writer. Oh, well, I, I'm. There's been black writers before. Is it because he's writing a black? I look. I'm I'm all for you know quality and you know big movements and stuff. I don't think a you know an African American writer writing a comic book, or it's it's because isn't like Black Panther the first like African American comic book character or something for Marvel? Is that it? I don't I don't remember. It might I be something like that. Like, then I, I I guess maybe. You have like the writer of this Tanahishi Coates, um, writes for the Atlantic, like. The big deal paper. He's a uh, a political correspondent and a culture cor correspondent. So like getting him to write this book is a big deal. Um, he's a so prominent that, author. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I mean he's 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 has a book out that's won like a couple different awards. Like this, it is a big deal to get this guy to write this book. Um, Brian Steelfreeze is also African American. Um, so you have two African American guys working on the Black Panther. Unfortunately, um, because of just the nature of what the industry is, it when that happens, when two prominent African-American creators are working on an African-American character, people are going to make a big deal out of that. Whether it is or not, I, 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 it's too early to tell. A comic book. Uh, I liked it. Com comic book heads are all like J.J. Jameson. They're like, hey, look what we did. Eh? Yeah. 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 <laughs> we put a black guy on the black guy book. Like, go us, go us white people. Oh um, God. Yeah. That's kind of what it felt like. I, I mean, yeah, that's to what me, it felt like. Now that you explain it, Matt, in, in that retrospect, yeah, I guess it is a very big deal, you know, because if you have a prominent author like that backing a book that's going to be largely about politics, who has you know experience in that sort of stuff, yeah, that's a pretty big deal. Yeah, I mean, I like I said. I liked it. I understand if this is not everybody's cup of tea, though, because I, I could. As I was reading it, I, I my thought was, I'm gonna be the only one who likes this this week. <laughs> like I, I feel like uh, like the cheese uh, the cheese sits alone, as it were. Is that the line? Cheese stands alone. Cheese Doesn't stands even get a alone. chair. I am the cheese. <laughs> lazy ass cheese. I am better than the get salami. Up. I am better than the pepperoni. Oh yeah, what was that? Rocco's Modern Life. Oh God, you fucking callback, sir. Dude, I love fucking Rocco's Modern Life. I I want to have that guy on the show. It says I am the best character on this show. Yes, yes, thank you. I am the cheese. I am better than the what the ham and the salami yes. combined. Yes, that's what it is. Thank you, <laughs> thank you. I am the best character on this show, yeah. and he just says it over and over. Matt, are you our Filbert? Um. <laughs> No, because Philbert managed to get into a successful relationship. <laughs> well, uh, dude, you I just am have not to find an amputee with a hook for a hand. Then you're there you go. you're ready to go. Don't you think I've looked? <laughs> no. <laughs> you know what? I I didn't know. I'm sorry. I apologize. Also, right. isn't little person the preferred nomenclature? It is. Is it? Yeah. Yeah. You're not allowed know. to say the other word anymore. R right now, anyway. Yeah. 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 Yeah, I'm sure that'll change. So, 
uh, stealing a page uh, from the Stone Age Gamer, we're not going to take a break, but we do have a few uh, pieces of news uh, to discuss. First of all... Cloak and Dagger? You, uh, that's second of all. First of all, all right. announced today, next week, on Jimmy fucking Kimmel, Doctor Strange trailer. Oh, that's hype. That's hype as fuck. I, I've been seeing some of the uh, the shots from set. Yeah. They look really good. Oh, my God, does he look good. I, like, I, I mean, I, mean, I Benedict, thought, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yeah, he's a sexy bitch. Like, I say that all every time I see him. I'm like, oh, my God, he looks good. But oh in God, the Doctor Strange getup, holy shit. Uh, he, he's definitely like a, a fucking 10 out of 10. I'd fuck him. Yeah. Wait, what? I was a little. You heard me. I was a little upset. That he didn't have the leopard gloves on, like just a bit. Uh, it's probably too. I much. understand why he doesn't. They, no, it's not probably too much. It's way too fucking much. But I'm still a little upset. But yeah, next week on uh, on Jimmy Kimmel, uh, I don't know if they've said what day it will be on Kimmel, but uh, no, actually uh, Tuesday. They did say what day. Tuesday we will be getting the Doctor Strange trailer. So I am fucking hyped for that movie which is not a thing i thought i would say years ago like oh doctor strange movie i am fucking hyped as shit for that um, movie oh no uh, years ago no way but at least for me with the current book yes mhm cuz the current book is amazing mhm and he was amazing in secret wars mhm um, so the character's got some traction. Yeah, I, this is gonna be, uh, yeah, you gotta strike phenomenal. now while the iron's hot, man. They, uh, they get people interested in this. This is definitely gonna be a big, uh, move for them. Also, he's, he's tied, I think, for most true-to-book resemblance. Oh, he's a mm. spitting fucking image, man, with the beard and stuff. Yeah, he's, he's, he's set up it's pretty well. It's out of control. Yeah. It is in fact, out no, of control. He, he probably wins because Colossus was entirely CG. Yeah. Yeah, just a dude's voice. So, So yeah, he doesn't count. Um, yeah, he looks the closest. It's, oh, God, it's so fantastic. Oh, yeah, Hulk um, doesn't count either. He was CG. Yeah. So, second of all, um, also announced today, Freeform, which uh, used to be formerly the ABC Family Network, has uh, fast-tracked a cloak and dagger series. Yeah, but it's but ABC it is going family. To, yeah. Oh, that's why they said freeform. Yeah. I thought be, that was an imprint. No, no. Used to be ABC family um, is now called freeform. And instead of seventh heaven reruns, they are going to be uh, fast tracking a cloak and dagger series. And they have ordered it to series, which is a much bigger deal than, than ordering a pilot. Like they have ordered a full season of this show before they even have a fucking writer. Now, that doesn't mean the show is going to happen. But damn it, it's close. That's and that, a... I, I am... I love Cloak and Dagger. So I have I. wanted a serious Cloak and Dagger book or TV show or movie or something for a very long time. This will be a young adult take on the book. They said the, the target demographic that they're going for is the... F I believe they called it the emerging adult demographic, which is apparently fourteen to thirty-four. That sounds that's a little not an emerging gross. adult. That's that's a teenager <laughs> to an old person. Does emerging adult Watch sound gross to anyone else? Old person comment there, sir. I, I because, consider uh, myself. I look. If someone called me an emerging adult, I'd punch him in the face. Because well, it sounds I just, gross. It does sound gross, but like, I don't want to put too much behind the scenes out there, but uh. I am no longer in that fucking category, and neither is Evan or Chris. So, like, you old. A large part of our Geek Aid family does not hit that category Speak any for longer. Yourself. I'm so, young as fuck. I know, dude. Shit. Shit. And I still haven't emerged. Like, that's a fucking thing. I'm still You're doing in your a cocoon. podcast at fucking 9:45 on a Thursday night about comic books. So. All anyway, that but matters this, is that we're a family. We are a family, goddammit. We're an ABC family. Um, oh, shut up. <laughs> we're no. a freeform family. We are a freeform family, goddammit. Um, I don't agree either, Dean. <laughs> <laughs> 
So, I mean, I'm super excited about this. Uh, like, it's a young adult take on Cloak and Dagger, which is where I think those characters work best as younger characters kind of discovering their powers in the balance of the light and the dark. Um, I'd like to I mean, see you guys Spider-Man type stuff going on, you know? Oh, that would be fucking cool, too. I was a little deflated hearing it's not Netflix, it's ABC Family. Yeah, I, like... Look, they can't steal everything, I'm not, okay? I'm not into Vampire Diaries, man. It's not like... <laughs> well, you're apparently not... the one person who's not into Vampire Diaries. Nor but... am I. <laughs> All right, there's two of you, then. Because I love that. No, I don't love that show. I'm not a Pretty Little Liars fan. <laughs> Is that what's on Freeform? I don't even know. I don't know. It's just the nature of the show. It does, yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's a fair point. But, uh, fuck it. It's Cloak and Dagger, man. I'm excited. I mean, if they can make it good, it'll be good. Yeah. But if they if they have to like shoehorn it in to be a thing, it's not. Mm. God, honest, I I can't imagine it being great. I... But if it's passable, you know, could anybody I'll be imagine happy. Jessica Jones being great, just at a conceptual level? Netflix, they uh, there's some magic there. I they I think they've sold that entire entire company to satan <laughs> not to disney well let's be I, honest though 12 movies ago nobody imagined that john favreau the fucking funny guy from swingers was gonna make a good iron man movie with non-dependable drug addict robert downey jr and that had disaster god, did. written all over it and you are right my god did they fucking do it? And they've been doing it since. Still so, love that. Uh, you know. We have um, John Favreau to thank for the MCU. We do. We also what have John Favreau thing. to thank. Yeah. We have him to thank yeah, for he's, uh, he's this good. badass looking Jungle Book film. Is anybody else excited about that? I know I'm it's not hyped. really comic I'm pretty books, but... Right? It's animals, man. Fucking Bill Murray is Baloo. Christopher Walken is King Louie. Scarlett Johansson is Ka. Idris Elba is Shere Khan? Like, come on! No, no the yeah, they, they got it right. Be ben Kingsley is Bagheera? No, I, I'm, they have the cast. Like, the only thing that can't suck is the writing now. Well, I, but, I mean, look... Because we all see what happens when writing goes down the shitter. <laughs> yeah. But in this movie, in this live-action Jungle Book movie, you've got the Mandarin playing Bagheera... You've got Black Widow playing Ka, and you've got fucking um, oh, Heimdall playing Shere Khan. Did I hit all the Marvel things that are in that? Bill Murray hasn't been in a Marvel movie yet. Oh, uh, he's been in all the Marvel movies. You just haven't Bill noticed. Murray's in all the Marvel movies? Yeah, yeah. He's just an extra in a hat drinking coffee. Hidden cameos. <laughs> oh, my God. That is such a Bill Murray thing to do and would be fucking awesome. Actually, when they get the Secret Wars, he's going to play the... Uh, who's the fucker in the middle? <laughs> Doctor Doom. No, 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 no not not Doctor Doom. Uh, the Molecule Man. Yeah, he's gonna play him. Oh, he would be an excellent <laughs> Molecule right? Man. Bill Murray does crazy good. Oh, Tiff just said that Bill Murray should play Modok, and I am so fucking <laughs> into that idea. <laughs> that oh my god! Shit. God damn it, that would be amazing. Anyway, uh, final final bit of news uh, this week: Latina Review is uh, is a really really solid uh, fucking movie scoop review website. Um, they do a lot of really good work. And on, uh, on their homepage today was a letter uh, written to Zack Snyder about Superman specifically, uh, more specifically about what he has gotten so very, very wrong with that character. It is absolutely worth a read. Um, Dean will link it in the show notes because he's good like that. I bet he's Not... just going to take a picture of all his money in return. <laughs> he probably, I mean, that's the thing. Zack Snyder, he doesn't give a fucking shit about us because who are we? We're fucking Schmucky the Clown compared to the money that he's making. And, I mean, not for nothing, Batman vs. Superman historically has now had the biggest opening weekend at like $542 billion. And then, I don't know if you guys saw this part of the news story, but they then had the biggest record drop-off at an 81% drop. That's right. Their first week... 542 million. Their second week was like $52. $9. <laughs> they made $9. Zack Snyder's mom 
wanted to avoid the craziness the first week. She went the second week, though. About uh, Her 59 name? million times. Also Martha. So all kind of ties together. But, I mean, so that movie is not making the fucking bank that they thought it was going to. They expected that to to hold strong, and God damn it, it has it not. And the, the critical response and the fan response is getting worse as people like digest what this film was and really what it seems to be other than wonder woman people are like no so this letter uh this letter to to zach is uh written by mario f robles um it's a really excellent read he raises some really salient and cogent points about what is so very very wrong with that the depiction of that character in that cinematic universe so i would suggest reading it we'll link it in the show notes and uh gentlemen if you don't have anything else i'd throw it a uh, wait okay what did we do all the books yeah Mm -hmm. all right i Mm. i'm known for not being able to count so i almost forgot thank you for making me pause and think matthew uh, did anyone else watch the Star Wars Rogue One trailer Dope today? as fuck. Yeah. yeah. Again, more fucking fighter jets, and I was really into it. The hype like is it. real. The hype is real. And I think what, what sold me more on this was the fact that it's real. Like, Episode 7 came out, and it was like, okay, but, uh, but they made Episodes 1, 2, and 3. Like, I understood that that was a thing that could happen. But this is real now. Like, every December, for the rest of our lives, pretty much, <laughs> I think is what's going to happen Christmas. now. We're going to get a new Star Wars movie. Uh, so basically what you're saying is Christmas is saved every year. Christmas has been saved. It's the end of the saving Christmas movies. Mouse. God damn it, Disney. I mean, holy shit. I, Disney, I got nothing please buy bad Nintendo. to say, man. I mean, I, come yeah, on. It's, it's, they can't do any wrong. And I mean, what was it? When they showed us the reveal for how many movies they got coming out, they got like six planned, don't they? Oh, yeah. Yeah, the next like six or seven years are already planned out with Star Wars. And we got a bounty more hunter to be one, added. don't we? Uh, I think Han Solo is next, and then the third one, so that will come after episode nine is uh is the bounty hunter flick. Fuck yeah, man. Oh I know, dude. Like yes. it's just And they showed the trailer and it looks great. It looked awesome. I was so into it. So fuck man. On that on that really high note, announcer guy, tell us a couple things. Thank you, Dan. Attention listeners. Did you know the Geek Aid crew are real people you can get in touch with? Did you also know you can keep track of what comes out on the fabulous Geek Aid website without even visiting it? Did you know that Dean irons his vest every hour on the hour to be prepared for anything? Wait, really? Well, you can keep in touch with Geek Aid by following them on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Twitch, and more. If that's not enough, you can also send them an email at mail at geekaid.com. Be sure to check out the show notes to get all the links and more information on today's episode. Back to you, Dan. Thanks again, announcer guy. And one more time, a huge thank you for listening to the show. If you have a minute after you're done listening, why don't you head on over to iTunes, leave us a review. Hopefully it's five stars. I mean, if you got to go one, whatever, you do you, boo. But five-star review helps get more eyes and ears on the show, moves us up the charts. It is absolutely free, and it really does help out the best you can do. You can also share this on all your social media. Put it on your Twitter. Put it on your Instagram, your Tumblr. Your kicker, kick, is that a thing still? I don't know. I don't think anyone, well, you know what, fuck it. If you got kick, it exists. come find us, bro. <laughs> Snapchat, Facebook, blow it up everywhere you possibly can. If you want to get in touch with us, you can always send us a generalized email. Uh, that is mail at geekaid.com. If you want to get a hold of us individually, you can follow me on Twitter or Instagram. I am at geekaiddan. You can follow Matt. At geekaidmatt. At Geekade Matt, and you can follow Dean at Cock Diesel. Oh, um, at Kimono <laughs> underscore Vestlord. At Cock Kimono underscore Vestlord. That's your new one, right? Yeah, yeah. It's I you know I keep adding it. more stuff, and I wanted to get to like forty-eight thousand characters at one point. <laughs> at Kimono underscore Vestlord. You can also follow Evan 
Um, but we're not going to put it out because he's not on the show this week, so he doesn't deserve it. Join us again next week as we have a whole new slate of books to discuss and our thoughts about the Doctor Strange trailer. Fuck, I'm excited about that. Yay. For Evan Goldstein, for Matthew Much, for Dean DeFalco, and for Dan Ryan, I am Dan Ryan. GG420 Blaze It. Wrong high, but yeah, sure. We'll go with that. GG420 Blaze It. Blaze It! <laughs> yeah. Shift Goofy to Boneless. <laughs> Shift Goofy to Boneless. Kickflip 420 GG Blaze It. What the fuck? Barbecue sauce? Rail slide. Uh, stop. Are we just doing skateboard tricks? Stop. Now? You think you're Steve Burnside? No, you're not. Get that Ooh. shit out of here. Inward heel flips. That was my shit back in the day. Fuck. That's the only skateboarder I remember. Tony Hawk, Steve Burnside, and uh, fucking, I don't know. Fucking... Rudin Giftblurg. Yeah, Rudin, yeah, that was one. Uh, Bucky Lassick. Oh, Bucky Lassick. He had a fucking, he had a little goatee like I do. Yeah. He went on to do eye surgery. <laughs> what? Okay. Jesus. Oh, that's LASIK. That is LASIK, not LASIK. I spelled the same. Let's uh let's do this.